Hello and welcome to Out of the Frying Pan, the podcast where we talk to other people who have stepped away from their comfort zone, whether it's in business or in their personal life. We are your hosts, Helen Arney and Dorothy Brown. And today our guest is James Bingham of Redwood Business Finance. And he's going to talk to us about his changes from his corporate world to his own business. Guess when it was? Yes, the start of COVID. <laughs> and I think there's also going to be uh, quite a bit of sport uh, thrown in there because he is a very strapping man, likes his bodybuilding and all of his sports. So uh, no doubt, Dorothy, you'll have a chat with him about that because oh, you yes. are the sporty one. <laughs> there could be a few questions about some sort of sport, I'm sure. <laughs> Today we've got James Bigham of Redwood Business Finance. I've known James for many years. Obviously, he's... Hey. Oh. <laughs> don't say too many um but dorothy i know you you've followed not in a stalkerish way but you you've seen posts <laughs> yeah james, james is very good at posting on uh, on social media yep so uh-huh. i know there's many things that um you know yeah, yeah. of interest that dorothy will want to chat to you about so welcome james thank you for having me ladies you're it's very a pleasure welcome. to be here. Good, good. And it, it's actually a bit a bit of a, a huge thank you from us because you are our first man on the show. Wow. I'm honoured. <laughs> I'm honoured. That's grand. I'm yes. glad you're honoured. Yeah. I mean, it, it was important for us because, not that we're using you as a guinea pig, but we obviously are all for women empowering women, but yeah. I personally don't like that... There are separate women's events and separate men's events. Um, and, you know, yeah. actually, we should all be just empowering each other. Yeah. So thank you for helping us to do that. Couldn't agree more. My pleasure. <laughs> Redwood Business Finance. Tell us a yeah. bit about that. I set up Redwood Business Finance just over two years ago now. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it was a natural progression from what I, I guess from, from what I was doing before, mm-hmm. in as much as I was working as a business developer and uh, I was a minor shareholder of an invoice discounting company and always had this longing to set up, um, I guess a, a brokerage is the, mm-hmm. the best, I don't like the word broker because it does have some negative <laughs> connotation still, mm. but it, it's kind of the best word to, you, to use yeah. to explain yeah. what I do. Um, but I always had this longing to help more people because obviously working for a lender, you can only offer those set packages, yes. that set criteria, the set underwriting parameters. And, you know, wherever you work, you, there, is, there might be a few more tools in the box at one lender or another, but you've still got a set amount of tools in the box. And so right. I always had this longing to set up a brokerage style business. Mm-hmm and use my network, I guess, to, to do that. And I resigned on December the 10th, 2019. Ooh. And three months later, <laughs> after attending to my garden, COVID hit and I set my business. So, um, yeah, great, great timing. timing. Mm. As ever, my timing is, was impeccable. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it was, a, I have to say, those first six months were, were a baptism of fire, but um, mm. I'm still still here two years and a bit later, telling the tale and um, still helping clients. So setting up in, in COVID times, yes, obviously yep. difficult uh, getting yourself out there, getting yourself yep. known, but you had a network. Has it turned out, apart from the COVID bit, like you expected? <laughs> um, I guess so. 
the COVID bit literally turned my business plan on its head overnight because yeah. I'd always work in, in the industry. We have a patch or an area and that's where we develop our presence. And, and I guess we're always known as the, uh, the key person in that area who does invoice finance when you, when you work for a lender. And I thought, well, I'll follow that model, talk to all my accountants, contacts, all my um, corporate finance contacts, my insolvency practitioner contacts, and I'll just knock on all those doors and it'll all just carry on as it was before and I'll get loads of business. And clearly a week after I set up my business, we were locked down. <laughs> and so that business plan, which I'd, I'd actually written seven, seven years prior, so I'd been Ooh. wanting to do this for at least seven right. years. Gosh. <laughs> that original business plan literally was turned on its head overnight. I mm. couldn't go and see people. Um, all of my accountancy contacts had battened down the hatches because they got clients ringing them, ringing up left, right, and center, saying, "What do I do? What do I do?" Yeah. So those accountants were busy with their existing clients. They didn't want to talk to people like me, and so overnight, I had to work out how to get how to get business. I didn't have the sort of money to go out and spend on SEO or Google Ads or anything like mm. that. So it was me sat in a in, in a spare room with my COVID haircut, um, doing videos and doing LinkedIn. And I, I literally had to learn LinkedIn almost overnight. And because I was coming from a corporate world where you, you really shared the corporate literature. Yeah. And so having to put myself out there in front of what could be millions of people who didn't know me and be me mm. was possibly the most daunting thing for me because I've got... I, I, you know, the thought of it was just make just made me anxious. Mm-hmm. I was way out of my comfort zone, a bit like doing this podcast right now, <laughs> way out of my comfort zone. But I realised that the the bigger picture was that I had to do it because yeah. I couldn't think of any other way of getting my name and getting what I did out to a wider audience other mm. than using LinkedIn. Mm. And I have to say, it worked. I, so, I think you've done really well with it. Yeah. I mean. You know, as, as we've said, I know um, Dorothy's seen posts and um, I mean, we're connected on LinkedIn anyway, but that doesn't mm. necessarily mean that I'm going to see your post because of the delightful algorithms and everything. But mm. um, and, and actually, I think you, you've posted recently about it's very strange how certain posts go completely viral, mental. Um, yeah. And actually, they're nothing to do with work. They're nothing about the services that we offer or how we've helped a client and all those things that should give people um, that reassurance that you know your staff and, and actually you're a good guy to come to. Yeah. Um, and they want to see all about you and cricket. What's that all about? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. It's completely mental. And I think it's more to do with the fact that even though it's business, mm-hmm. LinkedIn is a professional networking site, we're still buying from people. And I think yeah. there is a, there has been a COVID impact in terms of the way we connect with people now. Yeah, um, sure. You know, before a podcast would have been done, I'd have, I'd have come to a podca- podcast studio mm-hmm. and yeah. would have done it face to face. Now we can do it over teams and mm-hmm. it works pretty much just as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of people realise that, especially people like me who have recently set up a business, People want to know who you are. They yeah. want to be able to see what your values are, what mm. you stand for. Mm. And it's actually, if you show and open up 
certain parts of your, I guess, personal life as well. But, yeah. you know, you've got to have boundaries. Um, and they will choose whether they want to deal with you or not, as the yeah. case may be. Yeah. Yeah. And as it turns out, the majority of my posts about what I get up to outside of work will do so much better in terms of reach mm. than the ones that post about how I've helped a certain client do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, reach doesn't mean you actually get business from it, mm -hmm. so you have to mix the two together because you still need to demonstrate that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I love LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, it's been probably the single biggest positive impact on my business and actually, I've probably got COVID to thank for it because if yeah. I, if COVID hadn't have happened, I'd still be knocking on doors, going and mm -hmm. seeing accountants, having lunch yeah. um, five times a week, breakfast, yeah. you know, um, going to all these networking events. And actually, when you, if, if I was to drill down on the time spent doing that versus the return on that time, I'd have got next to nothing yeah. from that. Yeah. Um, and so return on time, and, and that's, how I, that's how I look at things now, uh, mm. is how much time am I investing and what, yes. what return am I getting? It's a bit, a bit like DIY. Um, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes Mrs. Mrs. B might ask me to do something around the house or whatever, and I, I think about how long it's going to take me, how bad a job I'm going to do, yeah. and it's going to be a bad job. So it'll probably take me three times as long. It'll be a, a really rubbish job, um, actually. And, and would I rather be doing something else with that time rather than moaning about to do the chuffing DIY I, again? I was going to say, um, uh, the, the fact that the, the, the whole sort of mood levels as well, you know, if I was Mrs. B, I would just yeah. be, I'm going to boycott you. I'm going to go straight to a D Straight to a, a tradesman. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm, I'm a massive fan of outsourcing stuff that's yeah. going to take up time where mm. I'm, I, and I'm not going to do a good job. And actually, I don't want that. You know, it's, it's my enjoyment as well. So I'd rather spend time doing something, taking the kids to football or netball or whatever yeah. it is or yeah. going to the gym and doing that. So, And, and that's how I tend to rationalise a lot of these things, like LinkedIn, like networking, um, you know, I used to love a corporate golf day when yeah. I was being paid to do it. Yeah. But now, oh, it's so all different. days and off from work, unable to respond to clients and mm -hmm. doing golf. And let's face it, if you don't play golf very often, you tend to be rubbish at it. <laughs> yeah, it? yeah. So I probably wouldn't enjoy the golf. I'd enjoy the beer or two afterwards yeah. and I'd enjoy the acting to my fellow uh, fellow golfers but actually i think it's not it's not a good use of my time so, yeah. so that's how yeah. i that's how i tend to um, look at things these days so, yeah. so that, yeah. that's... i can't remember what the i can't remember what the original question was um, Helen, <laughs> no, but, no, hey. <laughs> but it's it's interesting about outsourcing as well i do a lot of outsourcing yeah. with with my work and it it is as you said the parts that you don't necessarily enjoy doing but you know you've got to do well if someone else is going to do it at a cheaper rate as well i mean the cost comes into it uh and they do that and they turn it around and i haven't got to worry and i've just get the information back in life is so much easier and mm. and as you say enjoyment sure. level which it's not measured in a business is it not when you start out is where's where's my uh, smart for enjoyment 
Um, and if you're not enjoying yeah. it, it's not going to work, is it? Couldn't agree more. So, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of outsourcing. Um, so, and, I, and I'll tell clients that as well about how I operate my business in terms of spending money. It comes into the equation when I talk about invoice finance. Mm. A lot of clients, their initial their initial thought process is just solely around cost and they can't get past yeah. the fact that it might cost them five, six, ten, twenty thousand pounds a year, but it takes a, a conversation around the benefits, about the time that they'll get back from chasing their debts, mm. about the time the, the the cash, what can you do with that additional cash? Um and once they open up to that idea, they can see, well, actually, if I spend 10000 and make another £100,000, then I get it. That's, yeah. that's, that's not a bad idea. So, yeah. It's an interesting point, isn't it? Because I think, I mean, I know personally I can sit there and think, well, I can, I can do that. I can, I can schedule posts. I can try to think of anything else that we might outsource. You know, all of those things we can do obviously not at a really competent level but as a small business owner you do just think I have to do that myself because mm. that's going to save me money but as you've rightly said James you know actually when you put a cost to it yeah. how is my time better spent I mean it whether it's that I then release things that I can then spend time on client matters when obviously I'm getting paid a better rate and all of those sorts of things, um, or if it's just actually I want to be able to take the kids to the park and, and do whatever. Um, absolutely. It absolutely should have a value on it. So I've, I've, I'm going to quote that as your top tip because I love that. It's, yeah, it's great. I mean, how do you do your boundaries? Are you sort of saying, right, six o'clock, it's now children time and I'm going to do this and that and or whatever? So when I was working uh, in my corporate career, um, for the was it 15 years I was field based so I worked from home right so before Covid working from home for me was really normal yeah but I struggled with the boundaries because I was very results focused and always and, and client focused and I almost had a I've always had this fear of failure and so I would be in the spare bedroom till crazy hours at night writing credit reports making sure emails were responded to and so I really really struggled with with those work life boundaries and actually when I set up the business I purposefully got a small office of just a very very small box in, mm. a, in a in a Regis type um, office block in Bournemouth uh, so that I could have better boundaries and so now I if I leave the office I have my phone but I and I, and I have an iPad but I don't have the three screens I have in front of me here yeah and actually it almost makes it quite difficult for me to do actual mm. work like yeah. I'll always respond to messages and emails if I can but actually doing proper work where I need to sit down and isolate myself away from everybody I tend to leave that for being in the office, and that's why I'm in the office um, a lot more than I used to be, and that's why I think about networking a lot more as to whether I'm going to get any value, because in the office I get stuff done. Mm. So when I'm at home, I tend to be now more at home with yeah. the kids and the family, um, and yes, the phone the phone is always on, and it, it, and it is and always will be not an issue, mm. but I'm always wary of it, 
Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually on the phone less now than I was in corporate world. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I'm always conscious that I do need to reply to clients if, if they need me urgently or else can I, can I call you later or something mm. like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's never been an issue. If, you, if, if, a, if a client or somebody calls you and, and you can't answer and you say, can I call you later, it's never been an issue at all. But I, I always struggled with that mm. when I was in corporate, corporate life mm. because I almost felt there was an expectation to do it. Whereas now with my business, and I can set my boundaries how I want them. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I no longer feel guilty doing things that actually I shouldn't feel guilty about in the first place. Yeah. But yeah. I did. Yeah. And like you said earlier, I think that the fact that you're spending your time better. So, mm. okay, you, you might not be on the golf course as much as you were. And um, I think there's been a, a lot of social events that we just used to take for granted oh you have to be there you yeah. have to attend and yeah don't get me wrong they were lovely and yeah. it's, it's always nice being um paid you know paid for the day and um have a nice meal and nice drinks and everything but actually when you're trying to put a value to it what do you get out of it other than spending a nice day with people but as yeah. as you've identified getting in front of people you don't have to be in front of them on a one-to-one -one or yeah. in person through LinkedIn, through whatever method, obviously other social medias are available. Um, but you know, it's, it doesn't have to be those in-person um, meetings anymore. And I think for me, COVID has definitely shown that because obviously we weren't able to meet, but we were still meeting virtually and, and still chatting. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the point you made about the phone not ringing as much, um, you're still getting the business, mm. perhaps through email, whatever method. Um, and yeah. I think for me, it was that the phone used to ring with people just, are you free for lunch? Are you free for a coffee? And yes, yeah. that's lovely. But yeah, it, it's got to have that right value, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, now I'm a broker. Obviously, lenders want to come and see me all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I must have been so annoying as a lender, <laughs> ringing people up. Shall we get coffee, lunch, anything, you know, mm. uh, bre breakfast? And I think, do you know what? I, I now understand it on the flip side yeah. that you know, if you're a broker or if you've got your own business, time is really valuable yeah. and yeah. you do need to feel like you're getting something out of it. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm 100% I'm with you on that. It has made me realise with, um, you know, when we used to try and sort of get in front of a lot of accountants and, and small business mm. owners and you, I, I always used to think, well, why, why would they not be biting my arm off? Because, you know, I'm offering to pay for lunch or, or dinner mm. or take them out. But like you said, they're, because they're just so busy and if they don't invest Correct. their time in producing their widgets or their service or whatever, there's not going to be any money tomorrow. So, you yeah. know, it, it, it's different shift of mindset, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, so I'm yeah. going to go left field now. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what oh, was it like? What was it like getting 100 cricket? Do you know what? It was an amazing feeling because I'm, I'm 40 years old. I've played cricket since I was probably not even 10. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a, a bowler who thinks he can bat. Yeah. Um, I can bat. But I like to go in and bish bash bosh and, you know, I'm, I'm that guy who goes in, hits a few sixes or fours, usually gets out anywhere between zero and 30 or 40. Mm. I've had a few 50 in my time if things go particularly well. 
but I never thought I'd actually hit 100. Um, and so actually when everybody clapped for me, I actually didn't know what to do um, because I've never, you know, never been in that situation before. And so I think I said, um, I've done it. And, I, and, and um, yeah, so, and, but the best- You didn't best, take a bow or anything. And, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the thing, the thing that really sort of got to me was my my daughter likes to come and watch me play cricket now. Right. And she couldn't go um, on Saturday. It was oh. a friendly, and I said it's probably not going to be a great match. You, you'd probably better off spending the day with your mum and your brother. Um, yeah, hindsight and all that. <laughs> um, so she, she, loved, she loves to come with me, and so she was messaging me, "How are you getting on?" And I was like, oh, yeah, no. "We're not doing very well." I think. I think I'll be home early. Um, uh, obviously, then I, I got out and I got a message. How many runs have you got that? And oh. so I, I, rang, I rang back and told her, and she was delighted. Anyway, I got, oh. I got home that evening after, obviously, having to buy everybody a beer. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Yeah. And then um, and she came home over and gave me a big hug and started crying and told me oh. she was so proud of oh. me. Oh, <laughs> oh, how lovely. <laughs> oh. Bless her. Yeah. Oh, she's a soft. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bless her. So, uh, that was the, that was the best feeling. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh wow, oh. that's amazing. Yeah. Oh god, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so it's a great feeling. I mean, I love cricket. I'm okay at most. I can turn my hands to most sports, but it's the one sport that I absolutely enjoy. I like mm. playing with my mates and having a uh, you know a throwabout on a Saturday afternoon. And I, it's that's my real enjoyment I'm, I am better at other sports but that's the sport that I yeah. particularly enjoy yeah. yeah well now you've done it you're going to have to make sure you can you know you're going to have to do it again and make sure that your daughter does go next time <laughs> or get someone there with a camera recording the whole thing video the whole thing yeah just in case <laughs> Well, I know, um, I mean, it's, it's something that we ask of all of our guests, and I, I don't know whether you've already answered this now, but um, when we're kind of wrapping up our, up our podcast, we always ask, um, what one thing makes you smile? So what would yours be, <laughs> I wonder? Um, yeah, well, it's my kids. They, they make me smile. You know, I'm so proud of, of my children. You know, they are, I've got one of each. I've got a daughter who's 14 and a son who's 11 and um they're just amazing kids yeah um and yeah they make me proud and they make me smile and i just love you know spending time with them uh, you know going taking them to their re relative sports isn't it? And it you know i i love doing that i love watching them play you know abby She's she's nearly six foot at fourteen, so she's a very good netballer. Yeah. So but obviously um, you're, you're, you're you know, quite a short guy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, about six foot six, and my wife's six foot two as well. Oh, so, wow. um, they had yeah, no hopes. No chance. So um, yeah, so Abby's a really good netballer, and I love watching yeah. her play. So on Sunday, I was in Salisbury at a netball tournament in the morning right. and then whisked over to Poole in the afternoon to, to take my son to football because he plays for Wimborne in, the, in their academy and and so yeah I, I just yeah they, they make me smile I think um, yeah. more than and dogs oh, oh. yes dogs. there is yeah. a bit of a theme with dogs isn't there yes so, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, a, I'm a dog lover so, yeah uh, me too but, it, but yeah, it's so nice because of our busy so, lives we don't we don't have a dog but um I like to, you know, uh, commandeer other people's dogs as soon as I see them. Oh, and, that's yeah. good yeah. to know. But yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> dogs very much make me, uh, make me smile as well. Because well, I grew up with dogs and, um, 
Yeah. They're such great animals. Yeah. 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 Mm. And it's not, well, obviously, you know, it's reciprocated with your, um, with your children that you obviously make them smile and cry obviously, at the same time. <laughs> that's a good way. In our birds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, no, that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming you, on Jane. and, um, and being our first male. It's much yeah. appreciated. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, we'll share all of your handles so everyone can see about your, uh, your sure. activities, your cricket, and uh, and obviously about the business as well. So we'll put, put all that on our links. Um, but thank you very much. Thank you. I am uh, amazed, Dorothy, that James, obviously from afar, you see him on social media. Obviously, I've met him in person and uh, had quite a few chats with him. The point he mentioned about this fear of failure, I would yes. never have thought nope. that of him. Nope. Um, so that's certainly interesting, and it just goes to show that you don't don't really know what a person is feeling or how no. how they present themselves might be uh, not all a big um, cloud, but or a, a show. But um, it, it's he's it's, human. Yes, it's, it's, that's the whole thing, isn't it? He yeah. he was talking about his feelings and about how he had to the pivot word as well yeah. change very quickly yeah and the fact that he had been wanting to do this for a number of years as yes. well yes, whereas some people we've come across it happens because of circumstances with him it had been a long-term project yes found himself in the right place yeah and then wham bam here we go covid let's change it all and see where you're at yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah but no I, I like the um the points he was making about valuing your time obviously yes. yeah. as we know as business owners that is crucial so yeah. um it, it was certainly interesting to hear from him that he's kind of got into that mindset now from um from being paid and able to enjoy time that firm pays whilst you're doing that to actually it's now your money it's now your time what mm. what is more important so yeah. yeah yeah certainly um an interesting listen so you can find more episodes of our podcast out of the frying pan with dorothy and myself helenani on all of your normal podcast channels spotify itunes all of the like please follow us for new episodes rate and share away with as many people as you like and if you'd like to appear on our podcast as a guest or if you'd like to recommend someone maybe please let us know either at dorothy brown at evenkeelsolutions.co.uk or helen at hjasolutions.co.uk thank you for listening Bye.